A season to remember. 2018 ushered in a new brand of Kansas City Chiefs football led by the MVP, Patrick Mahomes. I want to thank Chiefs Kingdom. Your passion and love is unmatched. You're here no matter when and where. This is just the beginning. We have a long ways to go. But after coming up just short of a Super Bowl appearance. You're still waking up in the morning and thinking about where you could be at. I mean, it's a... Uh, you were that close. We were really close, and uh, I mean, they they found a way to win, and when, when we didn't, and now we have to just look look into next year and how we can get better. Could 2019 be the year the Lombardi Trophy comes to Kansas City? You put in work for this. Uh, you you're doing everything you can to get to the Super Bowl and, and to win it. This is KNBC Nine Storytellers. I'm Haley Harrison, and I'm Stephen Albritton. We look back on the big moves in free agency and preview what the Chiefs could do in the upcoming NFL Draft you'll see right here on KMBC. Here's our conversation with Pete Sweeney of 610 Sports. Pete, let's jump right into this. The Chiefs, they finished a magical season, came up just short of the Super Bowl. We all remember that game against the Patriots, but now it's all looking forward to the 2019 season and what the Chiefs can get done. But obviously, you know, new year, new team. Uh, holes to fill, how can they get better? Let's start with the offensive side of the ball. They're good at quarterback, the skill positions are there. What do you think and what do you see uh, the Chiefs need to do kind of moving forward right now? Yeah, I look at the Chiefs team and I think the number one concern for people right now is what's going to happen with Tyreek Hill. So unfortunately you have that overhanging of really not knowing. Everyone knows about the KC Star investigation where there could be allegations of child abuse, so on and so forth. Again, just not a lot of clarity there. So it really depends, I think, on that and that chip to fall. I, ha I kind of think that this is a situation that isn't going to lead to a suspension. Again, that's just my opinion. It remains to be seen. I could be very wrong about that. Then you sort of have to address that number one wide receiver. Assuming he is good to go, I think you have Tyree Kill, you have Travis Kelsey, you have Sammy Watkins. You feel all right about the running back situation. A big loss that I think not a lot of people are talking about is Mitch Morse to the Buffalo Bills, and Austin Ryder filled in last year. He did a fantastic job for them, but you might see the Chiefs' first offensive move in this draft be an interior offensive lineman just because of the personnel. You feel really good about those weapons, right? So you really need to protect Pat. I think everyone in Kansas City will agree, agree with that. So maybe you see their first move for an offensive lineman in the draft. And in looking at that, I mean, you answer my next question as far as, you know, protecting the franchise and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. 50 touchdowns, MVP in his first season as a, as a starter. Now, what can you project in year two? Now the whole league's going to have, you know, uh, what, 18 games worth of film on Patrick Mahomes. What, what do you see as far as him moving forward and him kind of taking his game to the next level if there is one to get to? See, I answer this question usually, I think, in two ways. Just because last year he starts the season and you say to yourself, no, this can't keep up. Week one, week two, week three, and he's just scoring six touchdowns a game, four touchdowns a game, five touchdowns a game. So history would tell you, right, like, okay, he was not going to repeat 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards. But that being said, I just looked to last year and I say to myself, I was wrong week after week after week. I'm not going to count it out. History suggests that he is going to be a really good player next year. Think about the NFL, 34-35 touchdowns is a lot. So I think they're somewhere maybe in the high 30s, you know, low 40s type of range. Again, you don't expect the picks to be as high in year two. I think it was around 11 or 12. I can't remember the exact number. Uh, so you don't expect that. I don't necessarily expect 5,000 yards, but you expect them to be over 4,000. And again, 
that's normal because the NFL now has an entire offseason. They have 16 games of pro film to look at, 17 games, 18 games if you count the playoffs. But again, this is still a franchise quarterback, so hard, a top five quarterback, so hard to find. So I think what you always have in that is an ability to make the playoffs. That's the hardest thing to get down. The Chiefs can check that box finally. It took a long, long time, as people know. So again, it's it's taking that next step, building off of the franchise quarterback. Yeah, and you touched on uh, the Chiefs losing Mitch Morse, the center, who's really the quarterback of the offensive line. I, I guess you know for our listeners who may not be so in tune um, with football, some of them, you know, how important is a guy like Mitch Morse? not being around for the future, somebody who makes those calls in the offensive line. Oh, it's it's so important because now Pat has gotten used to the one guy. Again, Morse had concussion problems last year, and Austin Ryder, uh, a guy that really wasn't expected to, to start. He was like the third-string person because Jordan Devy, another player, ended up getting hurt. They, the Chiefs seem to really not skip a beat, which is a good sign for the future. I think that gave the Chiefs the comfort to move on for Mitch Morse. That doesn't necessarily mean they're done here, though. They do have eight draft picks. I, again, I think we definitely see, maybe not in the top rounds because I know everyone needs to or everyone feels like they should address the defense, but I think at some point in the NFL draft, they'll address the interior offensive line position. Yeah, a perfect segue to the other side of the ball. Right. Chiefs 31st overall in defense. I mean, uh, you look at the final playoff game against the Patriots, Chiefs lose the toss. Tom Brady goes right down the field, and even the the drive before that, they uh, well, no, they competed what, three third downs and right. basically got into the end zone. Where do you start? Where where do you start on the defense? I mean, they got t- Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger, but that's just one player out of eleven guys. You really need to you know become a cohesive unit. I think the big thing for me, I look at who they lost, and again, they end up cutting Justin Houston, they cut Eric Berry, they trade D4 to the 49ers, probably the most surprising, and what you're left is a team with, I think, more so role and depth players at the edge position, and everyone will ask, well, what is an edge? It can be a linebacker, a defensive end, just depends how the coaching staff sees fit. So I think that is your number one need, because you need to have pressure on the quarterback, especially in today's NFL. Your number two need is probably at cornerback or at safety. You look at your starting cornerbacks right now, I think the Chiefs see Kendall Fuller and Bashad Breeland filling uh, those roles. You look at your starting safeties, it's Tyran Matthew, who they got in free agency, and it's Dan Sorensen. So what sticks out right there? Probably Dan Sorensen. I don't think the Chiefs really wanted him to necessarily be a, uh, in as big as a role as he was last year. So if I, I, look, I round out the needs, the top three needs are all on the defensive side of the football for me, starting with the edge then the safety position, and then the cornerback position. Mm-hmm. And then there was the coaching change on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, New defensive huge. coordinator. What can people expect out of that? I know they're changing defensive schemes with that as well, I believe. Right. So I, I think the casual fan could tell you, even even the most casual Chiefs fan who goes once in a while to game, the defense wasn't good last mm-hmm. year. So what the Chiefs did in response is they changed every single defensive position coach and the defensive coordinator going from Bob Sutton uh, to, to Steve Spagnuolo. What I, I think that creates is a change of scenery. You hear sometimes, oh, a guy needs a change of scenery, so they trade him to another team, hopefully for a fresh start. This is a full change of scenery for every Chiefs defensive position player right here in Kansas City because it's going to be completely different. They had the local pro day a couple weeks ago, and Brett Veach went on record and said, I like the energy of these defensive coaches. I think our guys are going to be in for a surprise. So I think they're create a, a lull ended up being created while Bob Sutton was here. This will be a fresh start. Again, you mentioned the scheme change. So they're going from what is a 3-4 to a 4-3 under hybrid scheme. What that means is in your base defense, you have four defensive linemen, three linebackers. So it does change uh, what you're going to do a little bit. I think 
that this uh, defensive coordinator is looking for guys who are long and big and huge. And, and again, I don't necessarily know if, to, if Justin Houston or D Ford fit that profile, which is why they're no longer here. So the draft is going to be fascinating because now Steve Spagnuolo has something in mind here, and him, he's going to be working with Brett Feach to say, okay, I want this type of guy, this type of player, and it's created a little bit of mystery for Chiefs fans. And that's, I think, the most uh, fun part about this draft. Uh, and, and projecting forward, you know, the draft coming up, then you still have a you know camp. What will be a success for the 2019 season for the Chiefs. So you have Patrick Mahomes coming back. The, all the weapons that are there, for the most part, are going to be there. The defense, I feel like, doesn't need to be that much better to really make this team a complete success of a team. So, in your opinion, somebody who has been around this team, who lives and breathes this team, what, what's the success for 2019? You know, and, and I am not somebody who just makes outlandish predictions. I'm always trying to be careful about that. But I looked at that team last year, and if the defense could just get to average, then isn't like an undefeated season, a 14-15-1 season, out of the realm of the possibility? Like, I don't think so. So if you can improve this defense to a point of halfway in the league, because, again, last year they were in the ranks of the 20s. They finished 31 in yards given up per game. So if you can get the defense to around the middle of the league and let Mahomes score 28, 35 points a game, you should win uh, most games. So I, I think the Chiefs will be striving to that to improve the defense to a, at least average. And then you look at Andy Reid's progression here. Uh, the Chiefs have won buys. They have been a divisional round. They've now been to the AFC title game. I think the goal right now, given Andy Reid has passed what they have in Patrick Mahomes, and don't forget, Patrick Mahomes will sign a record-setting contract next year. That's the first year he's eligible for that. So the Chiefs will sign him to a $200 million extension. So you got to take advantage of this window here, and they have to make it to the Super Bowl. If you don't make it to the Super Bowl this year with the ability and the tools that you have, you finally have the new coaching staff on the defensive side of the football you want, that's a failure. I mean, and that's the reality now in Kansas City. It's hard, I think, for Kansas Cityans to sometimes grasp that because it's been so long since this team has been in the elite of the NFL. But that, that to me, is reality. Next up, Kent Swanson. As the lead film and draft analyst for Arrowhead Pride, he's watched countless hours of tape on draft-eligible players and helped write a complete KC draft guide, which you can find on arrowheadpride.com. Kent, thanks for joining us. Uh, a lot of big things happening for Chiefs Kingdom with the draft coming up, and you'll be able to watch it on KNBC if we haven't said that enough already. We're going to keep <laughs> reminding everybody about that. Um, so let's get into it. You know, the Chiefs pick 29th. And, you know, what value does that pick have? What value do you know, all the Chiefs picks have uh, right now? Sure. Uh, I think they're really well positioned for this draft. Obviously, you would prefer uh, to have a higher pick. However, you know, the Chiefs were good this year, which is also a good problem to have. The, the good thing that they have going for them is they actually have four top 100 selections. They have an extra second round pick. They picked 29, 61, 63, and 92 in the top 100. So they've got some good capital to work with, uh, and they can maneuver the board a little bit if they so choose. You mentioned the draft capital, Pat Mahomes. He was uh, selected with a pick they traded up for. You know, this year, you know, when you fall in love with a player, fall in like with a player, you know, we know Brett Beach likes to go up and get his guy. Do the Chiefs have what's needed to maybe move up to that between you know 10 and 20 range and go get a guy? Yeah, I mean, the 10 range would be pretty rich. You would take, uh, I think if they gave up their third and their second round pick or one of their second round picks, they would really only be able to get up to that 13 range. So to get all the way up there, they'd be, they have to be pretty aggressive. Uh, if you wanted to get to, say, 18, the value based on kind of a, a standard chart that the entire NFL actually uses to kind of evaluate picks, um, you, could, you could get to 18 with a second round pick. If you wanted to get to 21, 22 range, 
that's going to cost your third. So I think those are kind of the approaches that, you know, the Chiefs, if, if they're going to move up, those are kind of the ranges that they potentially could based on how much capital they want to surrender. Mm-hmm. And then for somebody in your position, when you see a team at 29, like the Chiefs, and, you know, you see players that they might have a good role with the Chiefs, you know, what does that make you think about? What do you think they could target as far as, you know, that, mi- that middle of the first round pack? So in the middle of the first round, I think what they're, they'll be looking to do is just identify value that could be falling at one of the deeper positions in this draft. Um you know, the edge position, for instance, the defensive end posi- position is very deep this year. There's six, seven guys that some consider uh, top 15, top 20 type players. But just based on the market and how, you know, saturated it is, one of those guys could really fall into a range where the Chiefs could be in striking distance. Beyond that, I don't know how many other positions that they'd really be particularly interested in trading up for. Uh, maybe a cornerback. But um, the way that the the market has kind of been set for that, some people think the first corner may not go off until the 20s. Oh, wow. Yeah. Kind of like Greedy Williams out of Greedy LSU. Greedy Williams. People some like people that. are saying his value is kind of falling a little bit. Uh, the cornerback from LSU, like you mentioned. And, um, you know, where that first cornerback winds up going is probably going to be a, a big indicator on in how that board will fall and how the Chiefs could potentially move up for, for one of them. Okay, so let's talk players. Chiefs pick 29th, so there's a lot could happen. I mean, you can look at a mock draft from 10 different people, and it's going to be 10 right. different players all over the place. Right. So uh, give us, you know, three to five players, offensive, defense, kind of I'll, I'll let you uh, kind of choose, but who could you see coming to Chiefs Kingdom um, uh, come next week on the first night of the draft? Sure. Uh, let's start with the guy from Clemson, a defensive end named uh, Clellan Farrell. Uh, some people consider him potentially the last defensive end in that first-round range. Uh, he could very well be available in a trade-up to that tw- the, the early 20 kind of range, long, fits the types of defensive ends that the Chiefs have brought into, into Kansas City already, you know, over the offseason off with guys like Emmanuel Ogba and Alex Okafor, the same similar kind of profile with the length and the density and the athleticism. So that's a guy that, you know, they could potentially uh, to bring on board. At cornerback, you mentioned Greedy Williams. He's kind of your most optimistic look. If, if the, the truth about how the board could potentially fall and, and Greedy Williams is there in a trade-up, that would be a guy that would make a lot of sense from a length perspective, from a ball skills perspective. He's a very good football player. He would be tremendous value. Uh, another cornerback, uh, Byron Murphy from Washington, for instance. Uh, he He's a guy that didn't really test at a high level athletically, and, and that is kind of cooled some people on him but his tape is some of the 20 best in the class I would consider so really good player maybe doesn't have the athletic profile to to match necessarily that makes a lot of people optimistic and why teams wind up taking some of these guys so early but he would be a really good value Um, and then you would talk on offense there's there's not too many guys that you know I think that they would be particularly um invested in, in, in grabbing but a couple guys a lot of people like Garrett Bradbury the interior offensive lineman from North Carolina State uh, and he kind of fits the profile of the uh, interior offensive lineman that she's typically covet from an athleticism standpoint um, and he moves really well similar to what the Chiefs just lost in Mitch Morse mm-hmm. yeah um, wide receiver there's one other guy that I think makes a little bit of sense for them a guy named Hakeem Butler from Iowa State so Really great athletic profile, tested through the charts at the NFL Combine. He's 6'6", 225-plus pounds, really good athlete. 
Um, and he's a guy that can play inside, can play outside, so he's got a lot of the positional versatility that the Chiefs typically like at their receiver position where they kind of move guys all over the board kind of just to get better matchups. So those are five names that I would be particularly interested in the Chiefs selecting that I think make a lot of sense for what they're doing right now. Yeah, and you know, for draft night, for somebody who's listening to this podcast and you know knows of the draft but hasn't really sat down and watched it, uh, for somebody who's a rookie who sits down and watches it, how would you tell them to watch it? Because the Chiefs pick late, they might move up, but if somebody moves up to get a quarterback or a big trade's happen, that can really affect what everybody does behind them. So kind of you know, to give somebody a crash course on what to expect on draft night. Well, yeah. Typically, the quarterbacks fly off the board, so that's one thing you're gonna want, you're gonna probably expect is when teams are trading up, especially in the first fifteen picks, you're probably gonna see quarterbacks flying off the board. Yeah, where have we seen that before? I, I don't know. I think the Chiefs have had success doing yeah. that, you know, for the first time in thirty-one years, taking a quarterback yeah. in the first round. But yeah, so I think if you're if you're watching the draft for the first time, expect some crazy trades all over the board, especially for the quarterback position. Um, you're, you know, you're probably, um, this draft going to see a lot of defensive players more than you're used to. Normally there's more offensive players besides just the quarterback position, but you're going to see a lot of defensive players fly off the board early. Um, and I would just, you know, if you're watching the first time, I know ABC is going to have some great coverage and they're going to have some really smart people that can kind of help you navigate through each selection and kind of understand what that player means, whether it's a surprise, whether it's, you know, good value. So that'll be, and I think they're going to have some great storylines on draft night, as there always is. There's always something crazy that happens. Uh, you're always going to find something uh, out of the ordinary happening. Yeah, thank you for your time. Anytime, man. You can watch the entire NFL Draft on KNBC. Catch round one Thursday, April 25th, starting at 7 p.m. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review KNBC 9 Storytellers. And thanks for listening.